Hey, welcome to the Talking to Ourselves podcast. I'm Omid Farhang, CCO at Momentum. My guest today is Joaquin Moya, co-founder and chief creative officer at The Community, which he created in the year 2000 at just 30 years old with his brother, Jose Moya. Today, The Community has offices around the world, including Miami, London, New York, and Buenos Aires. The clients have included Verizon, Volkswagen, Apple, Converse, Disney, and Google. They've made the Ad Age A-list three times and been named Multicultural Agency of the Year by both Ad Age and Ad Week. The Moya brothers have been featured in Ad Week's Creative 100 list and Business Insider's 30 Most Creative People in Advertising. Under Joaquin's leadership, the community has won some of the industry's most prestigious awards, including a Grand Prix at Cannes in 2015 and a total of 10 Grand Prix in Spanish-speaking advertising festivals to go along with dozens of Lions, Clios, and Pencils. But Joaquin's greatest victory of all is not in the advertising world. It was helping swing Argentina's presidential election for candidate Mauricio Macri, who Joaquin also served as communications advisor to the office of the president. It is a career and an immigrant story unlike any other in advertising. This is Joaquin Moya and I talking to ourselves. Like, uh, I'm not like a ad guy in the most classical way. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I love the name of your podcast because of that. Yeah. Because I think we speak to ourselves a lot. For sure. Uh, so I thought it was brilliant. Like, okay, let's fucking face it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's designed to be a little disarming. And, and uh, look, I love talking to creative leads. I talk to CCOs and, uh, and then sometimes I talk to CMOs as well. CMOs tend to be a little bit more protective, a little bit more guarded. You know, I like talking to CCOs mm. first and foremost as creatives are my people and not that we, you know, we bond over complaining, but I just feel like it's harder for creative people to um, to be dishonest about, you know, the things yeah, yeah, that bother yeah, yeah. them in the industry. <laughs> so, well, we like to start every one of these uh, with the same question, which is, uh, Joaquin Moya, where are you from? And what did your parents do? Okay. We're off and running, baby. Oh, we're running? Yeah, we're doing it. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm from Argentina. Yeah. Uh, my mom uh, was running across the house trying to control four kids, and my father uh, has an advertising agency. He had an advertising agency all his life. Yeah. So I guess uh, he was meant to be. How many something. employees? I mean, now he's 80, so yeah. he has a small place. He used to run, I, don't know, I mean, he's more like a media guy, account guy. Um, but, you know, he used to do photos with us for us when we were five. Or uh, I wasn't forced at all to do this. Um, I used to like writing, and I still do. But now I'm more into painting, which is weird. But that's why I decided to be a writer. Yeah. Um, I, I was between architecture and this. Uh, and somehow uh, I, I, I like it. I don't know. Maybe it's because of what, what I smell in my house you know like yeah. uh, but uh, my grandfather used to have a very well-known advertising agency in Argentina like one of the three big ones um, two so it's like a family problem you come from a long line <laughs> yeah you come from a long line so I just gotta first ask you so you know your your brother will come up as we go through your career because there's no way not to what was the relationship like as kids did you guys enjoy like creative activities together? Did you guys beat the shit out of each other? We beat the shit out of each other like hell. It was a, a fucking nightmare. What's the age difference? Three years. Okay. We will end uh, in two different bathrooms for an hour locked to, so my parents could avoid us from being from fight. Uh, it was funny because, uh, I don't know, I don't want to get it. Uh, very emotional, but at some point, I thought he hated me, like literally. Is he older? He's older, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, three years when you're our age now yeah. is no big deal. But when someone's three years older than you and you're six years old, they meet, they're your entire world. No, but I literally thought, okay, he hates me. And then one one day I was talking with with a friend. Uh, she was like the friend of a friend, you know, and, and her friend was dating a friend of Jose. And she, she talked to me and she said, I open him with her, and I'm like, no, we don't have a relationship. We hate each other. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Your your brother loves you. He speaks about you all the time. And he, 
I'm like, oh, wow, that's surprising. So then why he beats the shit out of me? <laughs> that's what brothers do. Yeah. No. And then uh, it was funny because after that, there was a period where we literally hold our our group of friends together when we were like 20. Like, yeah. And we spent, we rented a, a, a house on an island on the river instead of the ocean in Buenos Aires. You have a, a nice river. Um, and we will create one group of friends with all our friends. So then we'll spend all the time together and we were best friends. And, and you know, then um, we start working uh, the, in, in the most weird way. He, we, he will have a boss at BBDO and I was working at this small agency uh, that I was lucky because they have the main newspaper, like having the New York Times as an account. Yeah. So even if the agency was very small, my work was uh, on the newspaper every day when the newspapers were actually a big thing. Sure. Uh, so I would launch little products, but with nice ideas, and, and people would start noticing. So I, I started to get calls. And one day, his boss at BBDO was reading the newspaper. And he it felt like he saw those ads a few times, and, and he said in a, in, in, in a loud voice, so I'm, there's... There might be something, someone good at this agency because I keep seeing these ads out of, uh, and Jose says he's my brother. Are you kidding me? Call him. So then I start working at BBDO and we have the same boss for a period of time, and then he was a, he became creative director and and I worked with him as a team. Uh, he was my boss for a period of time, uh, and it was funny because at that time we didn't thought about it but it was a first experience of working together for real and we did amazing we, did, we worked together for I guess a year and a half or, or two years then he left to Portland and I I'm be, I became the creative director of that agency he goes to widen in Portland <clears throat> yeah you become the CD at BBDO yeah. in Argentina uh, and I start uh, running the office when he left uh, but it was a uh, it was great and then you know so how how many years are you guys working apart? Uh, from when we opened, he the goes agency. to Widen. You stay at BBDO. Now, how much time elapses? Five or six, six years? I think it's more. I think it might be like eight, uh, because I I start running the whole office and he worked at B, at Widen for like six years almost. So right. no, the seven years might be since we opened the office. Yeah. Um. I mean the story uh, is. It's literally, I, I went to my therapist. I, I had a Buddhist teacher. I studied Buddhism for 18 years. And one day I went to her saying that I wanted to quit advertising. Like I was done um, at BBDO. Uh, and she asked me this simple question, like, do you want to quit advertising or, or you want to do advertising in a different way? Like, what what is the... And it was... Smart. I, I was like, okay, that's a good question. Let me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk next week. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I actually love advertising, but I hate the way I'm doing advertising. So she said, okay, why don't you open a place? I was 30. Literally, she said, why don't you open a place to do advertising the way you want? I'm like, okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> and that's how it started. And then... We start talking with Jose, and I, at some point, I'm like, if I want to do this, I want to do this with you. Like, it's kind of, and that's that's the, the in the most basic way, we start saying, he starts saying, okay, maybe I'm I'm done with Poland, maybe we should do this. But then he had a, like an issue coming back to Buenos Aires. I'm like, I don't know, I'm feeling great here. I spend, I, I like this market. I I love I love living here. And we start talking and we say, okay, maybe we open in Argentina and in in the US at the same time. Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe. Like that, that those were the conversations. And then we say, okay, which city? And we were debating. We were like, no, better Crispin was in Miami. Yeah. That that helped us a lot. And the the fact that it's eight hours from Buenos Aires instead of 13 and the, and the this the time zone is the same one you know right. uh, we say okay Miami uh, so we took a, a a week off and we went on a boat the whole story is real 
the two of us, a week, nobody else. The two brothers, a sailboat. A sailboat, a lot of alcohol, and we start debating and talking. Hold on, and the mission on the boat is we're going to get on this boat, just you and I. I presume one of you knows how to sail. Both. Both, both of you know how to both, sail. We are both very good sailors. I keep sailing more than him. Right. But we, I, I went, I, I became second in a world championship. Okay, you're to, a real sailor. Yeah. So, so, but the mission is by the time this trip is over in a week, we're going to return and we're going to dock this boat and we're going to have a vision for a company. Yes. The idea was to lock the vision, the name, the idea. And, and we, we came back with the name. Was it an enjoyable six week of six days or week? No, it was, they were amazing. Okay. Like they were amazing. Like we were dive and talk and drink and do a barbecue on the beach. Yeah. But always talking about the same plot, you know. Yeah. In a way, uh, we were on a mission, and and a lot of the ideas started there. Yeah. You know. Here's yeah. my question. You know, I I have a brother who's in the industry. He's the reason I'm in the industry. He taught me a lot. He gave me a lot of opportunity. And I know for us, if we were ever to start a business, look, your brother knows where your buttons are to push. You know, your brother knows things about you that no one else knows. Do you guys talk about rules of engagement to assure that you're able to sort of separate the business relationship from the personal? You know, there's a lot at stake if things don't work out. You don't want to lose a brother over a business. Or are you guys not thinking that way? Is there any concern? I mean, we have our codes, like usually... When we meet as normal people out of the job, we don't talk about the job much. Right. We do that in some opportunities when we both know we need to exchange a few words and, right. and we kind of agree on, on, on. And if anyone push that and the other one is not, we make it clear. Like, I, I'm not, I don't want to talk about this now. Um, I don't know. I think it's already a miracle. Like, it's, it's going to be 20 years, and we enjoyed the ride a lot. I think uh, it's funny because we are we do the same thing because he's a writer too. Yeah. But we do the same thing very differently, uh, and we bring the company different things. Yeah. Um, obviously, we we have some clarity like if we will be working together all the time on the same things we will literally kill each other like right. because of the different styles because so for example w we were running the two offices i was in buenos aires and and jose in miami but we were both running the two offices since the beginning um, and when i when we decided that i should come to the u.s uh, the first thing we said okay we should come, you should come, and, and and we should have divided missions, you know? Yeah. Uh, like you take those clients, I take these clients. Yeah. And, we and can confer with each other, but... Yeah. Yeah. We have this, uh, yes, and that worked very well. So he runs his own things, I run my own things. Right. We have different projects, different people. We get together for some stuff, uh, the company stuff a lot, and maybe there's a big pitch or or there's some big issue uh, and we debate. Um, but we run, uh, I think that helped a lot, obviously. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't think there's a, I don't know, maybe more, getting more into the creative conversation, but I don't think there's a wrong or right way to do things. I just think that there's a right result and a wrong result. Yeah. So I, I, I usually don't try to impose any way of doing things, but I'm very clear about what I want to get out of it. You know, I have my own way and it's working or it's working at least for me in, it's working more than it's not working because you can say it's always working, but, but in average it's working pretty well. Um, but I try to not, not to impose that way on other people. And uh, Jose is the same way. So um, he's he's more like a loner. He likes to think a lot by himself. I'm 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 the worst alone. Like I, I need to work with people. Yeah. Like I'm I'm my worst when I'm alone. Like I can't and then when I'm with someone I I I, I, I light up, you know, and I like the debates. I like the I like to talk, you know, and he's more like pragmatic. He wants to so you know 
each one, sometimes it's, it's great to have him to yeah. go pragmatic and get out of my fucking head, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's great to have me to, to go deeper, to get to something that you, you wouldn't have. Uh, I don't know. I, I have this metaphor that I love from an old boss of mine. Um, he said that the process is like a stair, you know? And you go step by step, step by step, step by step. One of those steps is going to become a trampoline but you never know which step. Right. So for me, I think something that defines us as a company is like we don't stop till we get to a step, uh, to a trampoline, sorry, which is hard because then you fucked up the hours, you fucked up the project, you fucked up the planning. You fucked... But the truth is that that's our job, to get to trampolines, you know? Like there's so many steps out there. Like... Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it's hard, even with clients, because it's like, well, we don't have what you want. We don't have what, what. it's like, I'm the worst at, at lying. I'm the worst. Like you will, I'm the worst at lying. And, and <laughs> when I do something that I don't want to do, right. that I don't enjoy doing, I'm can't my, fake it. I'm at my worst. I'm yeah. like, if you ask me to do a shampoo spot with this person washing their head and I will shoot myself. Like you don't want me in the room. Like, but I can't deal with that. It's yeah. not. It's not like oh, I become a professional. I, I'm. I, and then if I feel something, I will stay till five in the morning to try to get to the trampoline. Yeah. Uh, so I try to choose my battles. Maybe now I'm able to choose them, which is great. At some point, I had to deal with this when I was at BVO. Yeah. Imagine I have to do a Pepsi ad with a chimpanzee because somebody in, you know, Atlanta said that we want to use a chimpanzee for the ads, right. you know? And then I, I, that was my worst. That's why I wanted to quit. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I didn't want to put a chimpanzee because somebody said there has to be a chimpanzee. Oh, that's not, a, that's not an example. That's, that's a real story. That is a real story. Okay. It's not a metaphor. I was like, it's weird. This chimpanzee seems to be really bothering you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's an, a good metaphor yeah. because it's literally a chimpanzee. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. So when you start the company, you're both creatives. So you're not worried about the creative part so much. Was there any question about just how to start and run a business or just having observed your father, did you guys feel like you, you, you knew what you needed to know? Because the business part is hard, and you don't learn that working at an agency. I have this theory that anything that life throws at you is about answering the, the questions, the, the more questions possible the right way. I always try to think that if you're going to do a movie, maybe you need to answer 100,000 questions. Then... Yeah. The more you answer right, the better the movie is going to be. The more, So I try to think it that in those terms, if, if, if at 30 I will thought about everything that implies to have a company, I will have fucking run, you right. know? I just, I just thought, okay, it's funny because the day I opened in Buenos Aires, because we opened with a bit of difference because Jose was finishing a project at, at, at Widen. So I opened in November and Jose opened in March. And the first day I opened, it came in the press and, and it exploded. Like, the, I, I'm not saying this in, in, any, like, in any way that I, yeah. but, but it happened. So the phone would, would start ringing that, and I, 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 could, I didn't know what to do and I went home. <laughs> so that, that's <laughs> the first day of the company was literally a phone ringing nonstop. I mean, when we opened, you will still do newspaper ads and right. all that stuff. It's 20 years ago. Uh, and I literally went to my home. And then that night, I called a friend that, that she's a producer. She's amazing. And I said, can you come? Like, I'm fucking alone in this place. And the phone never stopped ringing. And I don't know. So she came the second day. And that's how we started. Like, I was, it was me. Yeah. We were uh, painting the house that we started in a small house and we will work in my mom's house with three other directors and, and then go back to the house once it was painted. Uh, we started with a few clients, uh, but I was doing everything. In 2000, every commercial was basically beautiful middle-aged white people. You know, I mean, I feel like today brands understand, certainly, you know, it's still a journey, but brands understand much better today 
the importance of diversity in casting, the importance of reaching different audiences, um, you know, and underserved audiences. But in 2000, my memory is that there weren't a lot of quote unquote multicultural agencies and brands didn't totally understand the value of reaching new audiences. Is that an accurate memory? Did it feel like there was a certain level of convincing back then that seems sort of I mean, to be honest, now? to be honest, <clears throat> when we started, uh, Argentina in particular uh, was like that. Not uh, I, The reality is that there's not many... There's only Argentinians. No, but right. there, if you look, it's not a very diverse population. Maybe now it's a bit more diverse, but, uh, right. but to be honest, it's not very diverse. If you walk in Buenos Aires, you don't see a lot of different ethnicities right. like, uh, like you see here. And to be honest... To be honest, that that's something that I love about America. Uh, when obviously I took the decision to come to live here with two kids, you know, and obviously you you put the all the pros and cons, you know, when you make a decision that you know is going to influence their life, yeah. and and that was a big one to me. Like I I I wanted them to grow in a place where this diversity is their real life you know it's not a, a so they they become you know these open-minded people that just treat everyone the same way because we're all humans you know in argentina that's tougher because you you, you live in a specific bubble you right. know uh, so i thought that was something amazing of, of coming here for example um the truth with the the whole I don't know the whole multicultural or multi, let's say you didn't intend you didn't intend to open a multicultural agency. You guys were just trying to open an agency. Yeah, and it turned out that in Miami, maybe you guys actually was, was it an accident that you guys had this offering that actually wasn't really available in the rest of the the marketing world. Like, I mean, the the truth is that the um, we never saw ourselves as a multicultural agency. Right. Never. We we don't we don't think we 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 don't think on those terms because it's it's like diversity is the reality. So what is the what what is the no diversity way to look at this? Right. The, the no diverse way to look at this. How do you look at this and don't see diversity? I is is when you think about it, it's hard to imagine now. Sure. Like you have to get. 80% of the population from New York out. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I mean, not, I'm, it's really funny. And when you showed up here, I was like, these guys must have had this master plan to redefine what it meant to be a multicultural agency when they founded the company. Now, as I talk to you, it's like, no, the diversity was 99% of the industry was middle-aged white guys. So you and Jose opened a company and you two were the diversity just by virtue of being you know, different than the 99% of the rest I of the mean, industry. I mean, somebody may take this comment uh, the wrong way, but this is the truth. We grew and became, you know, a bigger place and a, by doing the right thing. Right. We approach every market the same way. I used to work for global brands. I used to work for Latin American projects. I used to work, which is, you understand it, the people, you, you find the right insights, uh, you connect it with, you know, the, the, what you need to build, uh, the brand or the product you need to launch. Or, uh, I think just by being professionals in the way we were doing it, we were different from any other Hispanic agency. Right. Because they will say, I'm Hispanic, so I get it. No, you don't get it. It's like saying I'm European and I get Europe. Right. Like It's like saying I'm American and I get America. Like. It doesn't make any sense to say that I'm Hispanic and because of that I understand Hispanics. Right. It's like, well, maybe yes, I, 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 I maybe leave some of the, you know, how they move from one culture to the other, or because it's it's what I do every day. But in a way, it's a very uh, basic and unprofessional, for me, way of looking at that. Uh, so we just did what we knew, like. It was the multicultural market because it was the, in a way that we were coming from another place. And that's, I think sometimes the market here is very literal. Oh, your name is, you know, you come from there. So then you are that. Right. I'm like, 
it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I can tell you a million examples of people who did amazing work for London or for for the for the you know mass market that are coming from, but a, a million like people that came from Australia and did the Grand Prix in Cannes from Widen yeah. for play, and I know the guy. Like so, it's it's hard to. I think that the market is very classic. Is now it's less classic, but in a way it's a bit classic. We changed the name to the community. We are still La Comunidad, in the, and and we start getting invited to pitches that were uh, American brands, not looking for Hispanic for multicultural work, because we were called the community in English, which is is funny, but we <laughs> it happened, uh, and that was in a way the 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 we saw that barrier. And we say, okay, let's call us the community. And obviously, we are still a comunidad in Argentina. And, and if we open in Germany, we will be the community in German. But um, Do you remember, you talk about stairs turning into trampolines. Do you remember the trampoline moment for the company? What Like the certain year where you looked up and you're like, holy shit, we built something much bigger than we intended. It happened in different moments in different places. So it was better because, in a way, it was a way to handle it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to make this look like it got out of control because we get so famous. I don't think of us or or the company or or myself in those terms. I I feel like a fucking idiot that has to have a good idea tomorrow. Like I literally, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that shit. I, I just. I just know that we create a place where people like to work, yeah. uh, and we ha we we try to be uh, like nice people and and make the right decisions for everyone. No sé, there's there's stories of I don't know. The industry is so mean sometimes that just by being a normal person that cares, you make a big difference and. For me, it's like, that's so basic. Yeah. Say we have examples of, uh, a million examples, but there, there, there was a Brazilian creative that his father was very bad. He asked us to go and work from Brazil for a period of time. And we say, obviously, he wanted to be with his father. So he worked, I can't remember, it was three or four months from there. Oh, uh, unfortunately, it was something that, you know, his father passed away and, you know, he did everything he needed to do, spend enough time there and, and came back. And it's so obvious that you need to do that. Like, well, like we don't think in, in, we think in terms of, of a long-term relationship, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, not about squeezing people and get the most out of them and then burn them. Uh, so one, uh, we 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 were at that moment at some point, which is I don't know if it's a stair or, or a trampoline moment, but in one of the big moments for me was we we, we thought about that. We, at some point we were thirty people, all the briefs we had were amazing, to the point that some teams were complaining that we were they were always have to run the Olympics, and they came to us saying we can run the Olympics every week. So. We have so many good briefs that we can, uh, but at some point we look at each other and we said, okay, we have to make a decision. We want to be a 40 people place and then the people that grow with us, we will need to replace them because we, wouldn't be, we won't be able to pay them once they get expensive and, or do we want people to grow here and buy their houses and have kids and, and have a, uh, and that is a big decision because we knew that in a way you are giving away some of that edgy craziness right. that being 20 people gives you, you yeah. know? Um, and it means you can show up to every meeting, you can control everything. When yeah. you're a 200 person agency, you got you relinquish a lot of control and you better find people that you trust because you can't be everywhere at once. So, but we, we make that decision. We said, no, we want people to grow here. We yeah. want people to. We want people to run our offices. We want people to... It's called the community, for God's sake. Right. It's not called Jose Joaquin. So uh, 
We have now someone in running San Francisco. We have Frank running New York. And in a way, the, the, um, that, that was for me a good decision. Even if we, we, I think we gain much more than what we lose. And we have people that has been with us for 18 years, 16 years, right. 17 years. And now they have three kids and they have a house in Argentina and a house in Miami. And, and I love that. Like it's part of um, it's part of going being on a journey together rather than the journey of Jose or Joaquin with all these people. You know, like it's more like a the com that's that's the community name. You know, yeah. uh, so yeah. that was a big moment for. I mean, when you're <clears throat> growing as fast as the community grew over the, that, especially that first ten year period. You know, on the one hand, you talk about hey, we want to be a culture that's nice that treats people well. That treats people with respect, which sounds obvious now, but actually, and it's and the industry is better at that now. But you know, there was a time when th those were not high on the priority list of great agencies, because on the flip side, there's this, especially when you're a growing company, there's this, you know, the way to grow is to deliver great work. The way to deliver, you know, one thing I learned from working at CPB is like, the secret is there is not a secret. The secret is, if you work late into the night and you work over the weekends and you have really smart people doing this all the time without burning out or working through the burnout, it is an advantage, even if it's inhumane. And so how do you balance sort of like the need to push people with the need to, you know, respect them and to be, to, to be kind and to not be too soft? I think that, that in a way the, the reality is now we have work for all of them, you know? Because there is work for people that doesn't want to push the boundaries. Interesting. And, and there's a, yeah, and they a lot of them are here and they're doing that. And then there's the group that 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 you push the boundaries with right. that they are more into that that mission, you know. Right. Um, Not every work stream requires the same ambition. Ambition. No, of people. I also what I try to do is usually like uh, I try to use different teams for different missions right. so they can have their their own fresh air. Um, but in a way, it's, it's an interesting question for everyone. Like, how, how do you keep that balance? I'm, I'm fucked up. Like, I, I don't have that balance. I, I, I but because uh, I enjoy so much doing great stuff and that I don't care. I pay the price. Like, <laughs> it might sound horrible. I think the, the real limit to that are my two kids. Like, uh, this that's the real limit. So when I have to spend time with them or, uh, you know, flying to see them or trying to stay clo uh, shorter on a shoot because I, I want to spend the weekend with them, um, Obviously, they understand who I am and that I like to work a lot. And, and I, I think they also like, um, I don't know, you have, you have to teach your kids to enjoy life, you know, and yeah. they see me enjoying what I do. So in a way, that's part of that. Um, but I, 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 I don't, I don't even, I don't even separate life and work. Like I don't like. Uh, if I go on holidays, I can be completely an idiot for a month without thinking of anything. It's not that I cannot disconnect. Um, but I enjoy work so much that I can be doing something and working. Maybe because I worked so many years with the government uh, for, for the president for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, that you get used to the everyday because the brief is a newspaper and it's you know, is the real life and there's no in and out. It's, there's a never-ending project. Uh, and I think that maybe that's why I like it so much because I enjoy doing that. But now I got used to that and I can go from work to no work in a second. Yeah. Like, Are you any better now than you were 10 <clears throat> years ago at saying no to things? Or are you just someone who, like, if someone at work asks you for something, the answer is always yes, asks for your time? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm very good at saying no. I'm a fucking pain in the ass. Like I say no a lot. Uh, I say no a lot 
because I'm fighting <coughs> I'm fighting the good fight with whatever I have in front of me. Like I can I can't and maybe I'm 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 telling it from a from a place of maybe it's, it's my my it's one of my bad characteristics. I'm not saying it's good, but I um I will try to make this table be in a better place in the room, like because I'm here. Right. Like I, I can't. Uh, I like that. That's my rain doesn't stop, in a way. Uh, so I say no when 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 something doesn't make sense. I I, I always. Uh, I, I'm on a mission to make things better, whatever it is. Like that's that's how it works in me. You know. Do you have to struggle when? A creative director is sending you an edit. Is it hard for you to know when something is done? Do you want to? Are you sort of a constant tinker? Because no, you're the I, final. I, you're the final word before it goes to a client. In many cases, I learned. That's something I learned, if you will. Like I'm a. I have a, a very high standard, but I know when something is ready. Like I will say, that's it. And they say, no, I can try. No, no, this is it. Like it's perfect. But it's. I mean, it's it's hard to get to that. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I always said there's a reason why there are not many great ideas or many great thoughts or many great strategies or many great briefs because it's fucking hard. So I always try to, I don't know, in a, you know, the everyday life in an agency, no, the brief wasn't good enough or the client asked for this, so we have to do it that way. And, and I don't know, the creatives were like... I hate all that because it's bullshit. Yeah. At the end, you have a piece of work that is good or is bad. Whatever you decide in the process or however you answer all those questions take you to a good piece of work or a bad piece of work. Yeah. Um, so in a way, um, I try to get rid of all of that. Like, Man, maybe doing having an interesting thought about this specific issue is hard. So sit with the planner. Yeah. <laughs> Let's work it out together because it's not easy. Yeah. No, the planner didn't give me or the creative. Like I, I don't know. I think the the understanding how hard is it is to do something great. I I think aligns us all on the mission, and you know you start pointing at anyone. Yeah, <laughs> and you say okay. Then it's the five of us. We need to hold hands and we need to generate an interaction and a flow that get it this to the best way possible, you know, to the best place possible. Uh, I do believe you lose a lot of time, like, on those interactions and sometimes also with relationships with clients. Like, there's so much time wasted. Like, sh just tell me what you need, you know, like... The, the the that's why I love to work for people that is on a mission. I I I I don't like to work for people that doesn't love what they do, or you know, you know those people. Like yeah. I I love I I like to work with people that 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 wants to get somewhere. You know that wants that wants to do something that has a vision like. Uh, because then, um, like, I don't, it's not about tougher clients or, or nicer clients for me. It's about clients that get it and want to do stuff or clients that, you know, are, it's the same for them to do something amazing or not amazing. Right. They're, they're analyzing everything from a different lens, you know? Yeah. Everyone knows the right thing to say, but not everyone is willing to to do what it takes. Everyone knows, oh, we want to be disruptive. We want to do this. Like the, the, you know, the talk track is easy to learn and it's easy to sound smart and easy to sound like you're on the right side of history, but, but I think, not everybody is willing to, to make the sacrifice to actually do that. I don't know. I think in a way I, I agree maybe too much to that. I agree 100, 150% yeah. to what you had just said, but I think in my feeling is that the bubble already exploded. You know, like like in the market, uh, how how you call the market the, when you sell and buy houses in America? Yeah, the, the housing bubble. Yeah, the housing bubble. Remember, yeah. it exploded. I think that bubble of the bullshit of this industry already exploded. Right. I, I, I think clients 
don't want to see a fucking 300 pages PowerPoint anymore. They don't want to listen to your bullshit. They don't. They don't want. Right. I, I feel. I feel that that we are gone from those years. And I agree with you. Like there were so many nice talks, but then you see the outcome, and it's like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, like there's no many people walking the talk. You know. Um, and I know it's not easy. Eh? I'm not saying. I, I don't know. I like people that. For example, I said, I always said that the problem of an agency is not if they do good work or bad work uh, per se. All the agencies do bad work. Every agency does sure. bad work. It's hiding somewhere, but every agency does bad work. The big problem is when you think that's good. When you right. think bad work is good, that's when you are fucked up. Because it's fine, right? We all do bad work sometimes. You know, sometimes it takes a while to to create a, a path for good work on a big client, it sometimes takes a while. I also think it's like, you need to be in the edit working on the commercial that no one cares about, because those are that's those are reps, so that when you're in the edit for the thing that might change your career, you like you have that experience and you know how to trust your gut and be decisive, you know, so. Yeah, I think that, the, um, yeah, there's a business behind, that's clear. Uh, I love to think, there's in a way some art forms around us because when you see something good you 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 can feel this you can think the i mean sometimes you see a, a nice piece of art and and the thought behind could have been a campaign right many times um but i um no say i think the the we are getting boring you know i think we if if anything, we have a big challenge, you know, to stay relevant, uh, relevant conversations, relevant, uh, and it's it's not easy. Uh, I sometimes feel like the the process is built for the old days, but but the emergencies are real, and and sometimes both clash, you know, and then you have all these layers and all these people on the client side and on the agency side that tied to each other because you have all these people to answer all these people and, 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 and then they all miss the most simple point of something and you're like, what the hell is going on? You know, 50 people and they all forgot about this. There's something wrong, you know? And maybe it was two people talking to each other and they, they understand each other in a minute. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think that if anything, part of our challenge and is our challenge as an agency is to to try to to try different things, to try to work around that old structure to keep things fresh, you yeah. know? Because the way, the, the speed of things change completely. So if you take too long to use a social media thing and create an idea around it, it's gone. One week is gone. You know, it's funny, man. I When I started this <clears throat> podcast, I thought I would interview all these creative legends, and I thought that they would all be at peace, and they would all have this sort of Yoda quality about them. <laughs> and in fact, what I've learned is that the people in this business who I admire the most and who have achieved the most remain the most paranoid people I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, and like, I just feel it dripping off of you. You mm. have this paranoia. Mm. You know, you said it. You're like... All I'm worried about right now is that, like, I better have a fucking good idea tomorrow. Yeah. It's pretty incredible that just, like, that relent that relentlessness feels as fresh as when you were 30 years old. I still feel like I'm 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that you feel like... You no, I, I don't know, man. Like, the um, maybe that's the, the food I want right. to eat, you yeah. know? It's the fuel. The fuel. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what wakes me up in the morning, and that's where I like to go to work. I love, I love the allogic path of ideas. I love that I don't know where it's gonna fucking come from. I I love that maybe one stupid comment from the person you think the least. Is gonna bring something, change the whole dynamic on 
uh, I love that. I, I think that's in a way um, why I choose to do this because I, I, I like to talk about different things and about all the time. I, I, I think if I will be, that's why, I, I don't know, maybe I do it at some point. I, I will never say no, uh, but uh, it's hard for me to think of working on the client side because then I have to work on one thing. Right. Uh, now I'm kind of doing that, but it's different because, uh, I don't know, it's um, oh, with the government. I, I, wor I worked for 10 years on something, but it was so different because... So hold on. Let me just... Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about that right now. Okay. You know, for, for many creatives, you know, the claim to fame is winning a Grand Prix or winning an Emmy. For you... Your claim to fame is helping win a presidential election in Argentina. I know that could be a, you know, hour-long interview unto itself, but just yeah. walk us through it just uh, briefly, please. I think that the I'm, I'm to be very honest. I was studying Buddhism for ten years yeah. at that time, and I everything I learned about communication. At some point, you are like, okay, what what do I do with these two things? Like, because I'm fine, you know, doing ads for beer, but, you know, you get into a more deeper right. sense of why you are here. And uh, and then, you know, I hate politics. I always hate politics. And, and, and it would have been the last thing, if you ask me at that time, that I will do. Actually, the woman that I was able to take out, uh, their team talked to me to see if I wanted to work with them. And I say no. Right. Uh, the, the incumbent in the Argentina incumbent, yeah. and heavy favorite. Yes. Right. But then uh, these people called me. The guy was running the, the city of Buenos Aires at that time. He's the mayor? He, he was the mayor at yeah. that time. And it's funny because that's how they work. They, they, didn't, they, they wanted to talk to the 10 best creatives in Argentina without knowing them. So it's not a friend of a friend. So I'm like, okay, I like this, you know? It's already, as I told you before, I like this. They're interviewing everyone, right. they want to. But I, they call me four times and I say, no, no, no. And at some point, one guy saying, man, come, it's different people, you have to listen to them. So I went there and I met the, the guy that after, till December was the second most important guy in the country. He was the prime minister, uh, or the minister, the, the boss of all the ministers. I don't know how you call it here. Um, and I'm like, man, I hate politics. I will never lie. I will never put a man with a baby crying. I will not, like, I'm, I'm your worst nightmare. It's the last thing you want here. He said, no, that's exactly what we want. We want somebody completely different that comes from a different, like never did politics before. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. Let me think. So a week later, I came back. I found myself thinking about it. You know, I was 40. I have two kids living in the country. I never work. I never like any politician. I'm like, there's something wrong, man. Politics matters. Like, yeah. it matters. Like, it changed. So he said, okay, meet. At this point, have you met the candidate, no, no. Mauricio he said, he, okay. No, he said, meet, meet the candidate. So I'm going to go faster. I go to his office. I never met him. He's like, oh, Joaquin, they say good things about you. What are you, how are you feeling? I'm like, I have to be honest with you. I hate politics. I don't believe in anyone. I don't believe in you. I promise you. I told him this. I don't believe in you. But I just found that I want to believe in someone, you know? And But believe, to believe in something takes time. I can't uh, press a button and I say, oh, I like you now. So I don't know. I guess I'm open to start a process and see how you guys feel and see how I feel. He was a very powerful guy. Like he he, in the past he ran the biggest companies you can imagine, and right. then he was running the city. And, and he looked at me and he said, "That's cool. Okay, let's do that. Let's start and see how we both feel." And and I said, "Okay, give me a month. In a month, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna tell you what to do." So I left. I study. I I immersed myself for a month on this. Did you feel connected to him when you met? I feel connected to taking the other people out okay. because I knew that they were lying to the whole country. Right. So I felt that like because maybe I, I, I'm a communicator and I understand how they play the book, you right. know, the populism. I couldn't take that they were 
lying and, and getting away with the lies, right. which, funny enough, they get away familiar. with it. Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, so then I prepare a whole presentation. I remember it was a huge room with all the ministers from the city, and the guy was there, and everybody was like, who's this guy, you know? And I show, I show them what I thought was the path to, and he stood up and said, I agree, do what Joaquin said, and he left the room. And then after that, I keep this relationship with him and with the other guy, and it was one of my best experiences. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing, because they listened to me, <clears throat> they will believe in, once uh, an American client asked me, why do you think you were so successful? And I said, because they listened to me. And, <laughs> and, and I know how to do this right. I, I know. I'm, I have experience. Right. But sometimes, you know, it's hard for a client to, to take the... It's, it's weird yeah. because they hire you because they like how you think. And then they don't listen to your thoughts. It's, 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 I mean, I'm exaggerated, but it happens a lot. Sure. And and you're like, well, that's I, I I do think that we bring something different to rooms. Like, and maybe it's, it's good for a brand and not good for others. But but I do believe in the power of indiv the individual. The but, night the night of the election <laughs> results, how confident were you that your candidate would win? I mean, I cried when when we realized he won. We were supposed. He was supposed to win by six points, and uh -huh. we end up winning by two. So it was like super thin, and I was—I mean, it was amazing. Um, it was amazing. I think uh, it's interesting. I, I think it changed me completely. The the ability to talk to a whole country and understanding all the layers and underst doing a presidential campaign is like a fucking tsunami. You can't imagine. I, I'm tough and I work in advertising and I have done big projects. Doing a presidential campaign is a tsunami. The layers, the amount, like I have an, I built an amazing team and, and it was interesting, a, a very different experience. But I always said, I give up. Uh, a talk at the one show once to try to push more creatives to get into politics. Uh, we have a lot to add. I mean, usually a lot of the creatives that get into politics feel like they are crea bad creatives that wants the money. Right. Like, that's at least in Latin like America. Big tobacco advertising or something. Yeah, like they, they couldn't succeed in advertising, so then they go and do politics. Right. Uh, well, no, I don't believe in that at all. I think actually good, good uh, advertisers can make a big difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, today, is it true you continue as a communications director to the Argentinian president? No, it was. I mean, it was till December because he lose now. Oh, he, he did. He lost. Yeah, he lost. Uh, he lost by two points again. Uh, to be honest, he did an amazing job, but the economy wasn't fixed. Right. And people vote with their wallets. What is the uh, word or phrase of advertising jargon that makes your skin crawl the most? Best practices. <laughs> That's a good one. I hate, I hate when people say best practices, I hate it so much. Yeah. Because if, if they are good, they are not best practices because they are original and different. So the idea that there's a best practice that takes you to a good idea drives me crazy. Um, I mean, there's I can say that there's ways to work that gets you to at least the path to maybe get that, to a good idea. But um, I don't know. It's, it's like you said before. I think marketing was better at inventing the words and the phrases than actually doing the stuff, you know? You just pulled down the pants on my soul. I was in a pitch today where an idea that I was so excited was presented, started getting dismantled, and the phrase best practices came up, and I just <laughs> wanted to fucking die. It's so crazy. I mean, this was like 90 minutes ago, oh right before God. I got here, so Real that's life. incredible. No, but I, I don't know. We, we are... Um, if this if this uh, 
if these problems that we face with brands and with products and uh, could be solved by a mathematical exactly. uh, formula, yeah. I will be doing something else. Yeah. Like that's the whole opposite, you know? We work with people, with souls, with sentiments. We, we I mean, that's, that's why there's not many interesting stuff out there. Yeah. Sometimes because, I like to look at, you know, the best, most disruptive, most interesting, famous work and just hold it up to whoever colleague I have around me or whatever client I have around me. And I just I go, I like to play a game where I just go, think about all the reasons why someone could have said no to this. Think about all the how smart someone would have sounded saying that this would be a bad idea, you know, and, and they did it anyway. And that's why we're talking about it and looking at it. Right now. What is interesting to me is that the the. Um, I don't know why we don't challenge some of those practices more. Like one time I, I was at this client and they will test everything before we actually shoot the spot and they will test everything. So, and then we will put the spot and and the spot maybe didn't do, go well. And then it's, they will do it again the next time. I'm like, guys, the whole fucking process failed. Like, you were supposed to give us answers to get to something that really worked. We put it out there, and it didn't. So now you're going to do the process again, and we're going to go through this test, and we're going to make sure. I think we are trying to save our decisions to, you know, from, right. from being ours and have a paper that says no, but the research said that. And, and in a way... Um, I don't believe that why we don't challenge those things, those things more because they're failing and failing and failing in front of our face all the time. And then you see a good idea and you're like, I'm sure that didn't went through that. Right. <laughs> you know? No group sure. think, no focus group, just <clears throat> yeah. smart oh. people with good instincts. Also, but, but don't get me wrong. I love data. I yeah. love data. Sure. It's different. I think it's different when you get data uh, than, than when, when you do tests to to make your decisions. Totally. Data is insights, it's information, yeah, it's even, truth. Even in a, about something that, yeah. oh, I can, I can make this better or whatever. But um, I, can, I don't understand why we don't challenge those things every time. Like, it's, 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 it's funny because they are, most of them are not working. Yeah. Let's face it, they are not. So the next question is, what is the most horrifying response you've ever gotten in a client meeting to a, uh, an idea that you presented? What's the worst reaction you ever got? Oh, my God. The worst reaction. That's a tough one. Uh, I can't remember. No, I think that... To me, what I, I will tell you what is the worst to me, at least. Maybe it's not. It's when everybody says, yes, great, everybody's fine. And then you find out two hours later that everything is rejected because nobody could face. I mean, I don't know if it's a cultural thing of, of, of my own country, but we say what we think. Yeah. Like we, we, So the whole politically correctness of ending a nice meeting and not knowing exactly, that's the worst to me. I prefer like, oh, I hate this. Tell me why you hate it. I'm going to try to find something that you don't hate. I don't care rejection. I I don't care rejection. I care the bullshit. I care the, the politically correctness. I yeah. care that because it doesn't take me anywhere. Whenever it, it doesn't take me anywhere, I'm, I'm lost. Like, that's what I, I love to work with tough clients but that they know what they're doing and they have a mission. I hate when I work with people that don't, they don't know what they're doing because then you're, you're, you're dancing around someone uh, with no path, you know? Yeah. And you're trying to give a path and they don't listen. And, uh, but I think that that's my worst. I don't have an spe specific reaction. No, it's great. I love that. That's a, that's a great answer. Yeah. And anyone who's listening to this knows exactly what you're talking about. You're right. We've come to a point where it's like, man, I'd rather you just spit on it and tell me it's all dead and let's fucking be honest about what... Yeah, like because that, that's actually useful feedback versus like, polite me to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joaquin yeah. Moya, some, of, some episodes of this show are stairs. I think this one was a trampoline. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for making you. the time. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you for inviting me. Sure.
Okay, thank you so much to Joaquin. Thank you, as always, to my man, Jeff Fiorello, the executive producer of this podcast at JSM Music. And as always, if you're enjoying the pod, please like it, subscribe, leave a nice review, share it with a friend, make a billboard about it, do a social campaign about it, uh, a TikTok. Honestly, I I leave it in your hands. And until we talk again, peace. Peace.